0: and welcome to another episode of Comfort Watch, the podcast where we talk about the movies that we turn to time and time again for comfort. I'm Elizabeth and I'm joined, as per usual, by my, what do I say, cherry tomato? No, not even, it's not even. By my auburn-haired nugget, Chrissy. Hootie who party, people. You're rocking a brand new look. I am. Uh, out with the pink, in with the
1: tomato. <laughs> tomato. Tomato. <laughs> It's almost fall. I was feeling the vibes. You know, I got a new leopard print skirt and I was like, it's fall. So now it's time for copper hair.
0: Yeah, I said tomato, but I feel like when I say tomato, I think of Rihanna Fire Engine red hair. And I was like tomato paste. Yeah, tomato paste. <laughs> She's sun-dried. San Marzano tomato paste. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. It looks great.
0: Thank you. How do you feel? Do you feel like we talked about this in another episode, um, Devil Wears Prada, changing your hair and changing your vibe. Like, do you find you're carrying yourself a little differently? I already noticed you're dressing differently. Well, I purchased a lot of like hot
1: pink clothing over the summer and it doesn't look right now. So I'm changing up my color palette. <laughs> Palette. And I always thought it was weird that people change what they wore for their hair, but like it's real. Like it doesn't look right. I'm now entering like fall mode. My makeup has changed. I'm going a little darker, a little deeper, a little little bronzier.
0: I never understand how to use those like color wheel things, those apps and stuff, but I will say your eyes pop more like this.
1: Well, the reason I I, when I went to the hairstylist, I was like, listen, pink hair, super cool. Love the way it looks, but my face within it disappears. I feel like I don't have any features and like, I don't love my features, <laughs> but I didn't like that when I looked in the mirror, I did. I just looked like a mono pink blob until
0: makeup is on.
1: No, even then. Oh, I just, I don't wear like really intense makeup. I wear like brown, brown mascara, brown eyeliner. I'm not like a contour queen. So even then I'm like, I just felt like I was just, just one. I looked like the paste they put in a chicken nugget and I was over it.
0: Well, I love this look. Thank um, you. I feel like we should do a visual for the listeners oh. because they're probably like, Who is this girl? It's a mystery. She's a mystery. She's I like- AI generated. <laughs> oh, I, I just podcast alone. It's just me alone in my basement.
1: <laughs> yeah, you just created a best friend in your mind. You told them all the things about yourself, and they're like, Well, find a completely opposite AI generated yeah. person to perfectly compliment. It's the movie Her. <laughs> <laughs> I am Scar Joe. That's right. <laughs> well, I love this look. How has your week been? Oh, all right. Pretty pretty mundane. I have a job interview next week, and now I've decided I'm not going.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have a couple updates. So the update on oh, that, God, you're no. not going to the interview. No, I'm not. I've
1: decided that everything about this interview was stressing me out, and not that I wouldn't get the job or I wouldn't impress them. I already know, like, I, it's a cakewalk. But I was like, what pants am I going to wear? What shoes am I going to wear? And I even was like, I need to make sure my hair is not pink before I go. And it was just stressing me out. And I was like, I don't like being stressed. So don't go. Yeah. If I'm if something makes me stressed out, I'm like, you know what? I try to live this like stress-free lifestyle. And if that's stressing me out. And I, I know that sounds frivolous because it's money that I'm passing up but i i have made other avenues yeah. that will replace this money but to
0: clarify this isn't like she has no other source of income and no. she's turning down source of income because of pant no <laughs>
1: no but i'm someone that i will like i will do five rounds of interviews and then go not for me and they'll be like what what Be like you were like one of top two candidates i'm like yeah but i didn't like your vibes like i've done that multiple times i've gotten job offers were in interviews. I was enthusiastic. And then I don't know, I just the, the the thought of working with those people. Sometimes I'm like, I actually don't like your personality. And because of that, I would rather keep looking.
0: I think that's healthy, though. Yeah, because it is an interview, honestly, for both parties. This is So this is what I'm saying. I'm at
1: the point in my life where people should be asking me to work for them and not the other way around. And I just feel that way. I know that's weird. But Every person I work with is always so grateful and like impressed with me that like me going somewhere and going, please, 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 please seems so
0: stupid. Oh, and I have the other, I mean, no, I logically understand that that is the attitude to have of, yeah, I'm asking you questions just as much as you're asking me questions. Which I think
1: everyone, I think from any job, you want an entry job at McDonald's all the way up into some high corporate
0: job, they should be like on a date with you. I'm not, I haven't applied that because I've just been, I, well, this is another, Thing I avoid job interviews like the plague. Like I should yeah. jump ship sometimes earlier when I didn't love my job. Now, but I I think this is the healthiest way to look at it. So yeah. I support this. If if you don't yeah. even if it's not making you excited, inspired, if it's not even meeting a financial need, like then don't go. No, someone else needs that. Don't
1: go. Exactly. It's not filling any other cups other than financial. And for some reason, that's not motivation enough for me. Like it has to be more. I have to be. There's connections, or this will help my resume, or... foot in the door somewhere else. Yes, because I'm always thinking, what's next? Things change so often. I'm not someone who stays still very long, and if it seems like a dead end, I'm not going to do
0: it. I support this. Yeah. Second update. We have some very tragic, horrible news. Despite getting a code, we did not get Taylor Swift tickets. They just... Slipping through our fingers. Like, everything we clicked, gone. We clicked... $1,200 tickets. Oh, gone. I clicked four tickets, three tickets, two tickets. Sometimes I clicked one ticket. All gone. Gone. And it wasn't even, the like, there was no opportunity
1: to even, like, to get to a checkout of any kind. It just kept saying, someone already took them. Someone already took them. And the only ones we were like, we will not click on them, is the obvious, like, I don't know if anyone else was in that queue and saw the tickets. I don't know why. Roger's was it rogers stadium is that what they yeah. call it they they have seats that are directly behind the stage not obstructed view like cutesy there might be a pole this is like behind those are the only ones we weren't clicking on so everything else we clicked on other than if it was like 2600 bucks we were like
0: mm, I, and i still would have ages. clicked on them to, we were, to be well, honest. near the end
1: we were like whatever the price
0: I was doing girl math. I was like, okay, every month from now until the concert divided by whatever, like it'll all work out <laughs> in the wash. But no, it was, my heart was racing. I yeah. felt sick. I didn't sleep for two days. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I have already seen her before, but the thing that weighed the most on me was the guilt that I didn't get them for you guys. Like I know it was so stressful. It wasn't
1: your fault though. Like I was with you. I saw it. Just it couldn't have happened for us. Like it's so random. And if anyone knows or you know follows anything on TikTok, uh, if you entered the queue, anything above like eight thousand. There's nothing for you. We were ninety five hundred going oh, yeah. in. Like, we were a shot in the dark. Yeah, as soon as it came up, our heart we knew immediately that this was not gonna be good as soon as we saw our place in the queue. And you can't refresh the queue, you can't do anything. So we already we had about thirty minutes to come to terms
0: with the fact this probably wasn't gonna happen, but man, tragic day. If you got tickets to see Taylor Swift in Toronto, Godspeed. There mm-hmm. are rumblings of other dates gonna be added and we still have our Avion whatever membership, but it was, I don't think there's anything quite like it, save for the days maybe when you used to go in person Mm -hmm. to the ticket, the box office and get your, you know, and camp out. Like it was so stressful. I've never experienced anything like that for tickets.
1: No, I don't think I've experienced anything like that in general that I wanted to like purchase. And every time I'd go to purchase it, it was gone like i've never had that experience before because i was like no they're right there like we can touch
0: them and then they would just (laughs) and that and that's the thing it's like okay if we didn't even get the code that would be a kind of we don't have a code yeah but the fact that we got a code we're so close and then it didn't happen yeah humbling i was very confident you were so nervous i'm like it's
1: gonna be fine like they couldn't have given out more codes than there are tickets but they did they did yeah
0: So we are licking our wounds for that. Maybe things will work out with the universe and we'll come across tickets some other way. The goal is that the... This
1: podcast does so well that by next November, we're invited.
0: Yes. We're in the
1: VIP tent. We're, we're the Carly Kloss. No, the- <laughs> we're not even the Carly Klaus. <laughs> she didn't even get invited to the tent. <laughs> well, the rumors was eventually they did, but I don't think I don't did. believe that. I don't think so either. I think she paid for that ticket.
0: There were also rumors that Meghan Markle was at uh, one of really? the LA nights. And I was like, you don't think someone would have snapped a picture Absolutely. if she was really there? There's nowhere to hide. Someone would have saw her. Receipts or it didn't happen. Yeah. And I love her. But I feel like this was making up for the fact that Megan allegedly invited Taylor to be on her podcast and Taylor said no. Wow. So I feel like this is some like band aid PR stuff. Maybe I'm wrong. Podcast's gone anyway. Yeah. And it's over. And we will fill its place. We will fill its place. <laughs> I volunteer. <laughs> Hunger. It was the closest Hunger Games I've wow. ever seen. It really did feel like that. And I've always maintained that if I was in Hunger Games, literally, I'd just be like, fucking kill me. Yeah. Let let me go. Let's wrap this up and go home. I don't want to live in the forest for a couple days. I don't want to live in the forest for an hour. No. No, thank you. Not at all. I don't want to run. No. You know, the beginning where they make them all run for like weapons. Yeah. I don't want to do that. No. I'll run the other way. (laughs) I didn't cry though when we had, didn't get our tickets, but I did cry with this week's movie. (laughs) Good segue. Thank you. (laughs) All
1: right. So this week's movie, I'm going to preface it with saying uh, what my husband referred to this movie as. He said to me, when I proposed if you know, would you watch it with me? He said, Well it is my favorite Jennifer Gardner movie <laughs> <laughs> To which I replied, No. No. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> because this week's movie is PS I Love You starring <laughs> the also avian bird faced Hillary Swank. Cheekbones, I get it. Yeah. Similar I mean, vibes. I actually never like put them similar
0: in this- colorings, maybe sisters in a
1: movie. Absolutely. Cousins. But he was so confident in that statement.
0: <laughs> it is my favorite Jennifer Garner movie. Was he thinking of
1: Catch and Release? No, I don't, and I said, "Have you seen any other Jennifer Garner movies?" And he said, "No." Oh my gosh. So I'm like, "So you don't have a favorite Jennifer Garner movie because you've never
0: seen one." Oh my gosh.
1: Hillary Amazing swank. Which, honestly, when this movie came out, I thought weirdest casting of all time. Yes. cuz you've never seen her in that
0: light. Okay, so Hilary Swank, up. two-time Oscar winner. Yes. For very different roles, Million Dollar Baby and Boys Don't Cry. Yes. The director of this movie, whose name escapes me right now, purely professionalism. I could <laughs> I could Google it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> he worked with her on the movie Freedom Writers in 2007, mm-hmm. and he said that he felt like she needed this in her repertoire to kind of like show the softer side of her. I agree. Yes. However, as we will get into it later, she's a not the obvious choice. In like an era of early 2000s where it's like, you got the Kate Hudsons, the Jennifer Garners. I mean, maybe like, you know, we're just coming kind of off of Bridget Jones craze too. Mm-hmm. She's not the obvious choice for a lead. No, like a Reese Witherspoon. Yeah,
1: even a Kath Heigl. Like, it just wasn't the, it was a very weird casting at the time. I remember seeing the movie and thinking,
0: What? that's that girl who like boxes and like doesn't wear makeup and wins awards exactly yeah this is a two-time academy award winner yeah and she's starring alongside i would say he was a relative unknown in this movie gerard butler i think this
1: was my intro to him not realizing that he was the phantom which i believe came out before this how old do you think he is now yeah i'm gonna say he's 55. Fifty-three. Oh. I thought younger than that. No, I have seen some recent
0: films. He's aged. But but it's like aged or just British. <laughs> <laughs> He's Scottish. <laughs> oh, Brit. But I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. United Kingdomish. <laughs> so Gerard Butler, you would say, really like hit his peak in two thousand six with three hundred. This is oh, two thousand seven. Yeah, actually, yeah.
1: This wouldn't have been my intro to him. That makes sense. Yeah, three hundred which also felt like a weird casting for this movie. Yeah, he, it, he's I thought he would be like a Russell Crowe doing more I don't even know historical movies.
0: Yeah, if I look at his action. IMDb, he's got a lot of one of his first roles was in uh Tomorrow Never Dies. And so he's got oh, a sorry. lot of like British movies and some a lot of action movies, but You can tell, I guess, that he's just off of 300 or it's like in the works at the same time because Mm -hmm. they show his body and that is the 300 body. Yeah. Damn. When did Phantom come out? Phantom comes out 2004. So before.
1: Before. Yeah. So I didn't know that was him. And then I learned it from Saturday Night Live because he was on Saturday Night Live and he saw, he sings the phantom of the opera song he sings uh music of the night and i was like oh my god and i went back and watched it and then that became also a movie that i lusted over
0: yeah the um it's a it, it definitely i'd say is a year before or a few years before then the ugly truth which i feel like is the height of gerard butler being like a heartthrob versus like yes. the action hero that guys love yes and I still feel like there are those men who, that is the, still their favorite movie. It's like The Gladiator. Yeah. Like They just, they love it still. Yeah. If it's not Sin City, it's that.
1: Good one. Because yeah. <laughs> they're like, look at the cinematography. And you're like, this is
0: bullshit. That's the comic <laughs> book bros and like the yes. action bros. And then there are those other boys that are like, Godfather, the Godfather Pulp yeah. Fiction, it's always Shawshank. Fiction. Well,
1: Shawshank is the default for the guys with no personality, a.k.a. my husband. No. That's his favorite movie. Which is like, it's objectively a good movie, but like, it's not your
0: personality. It's not great. No. I've seen better. I have too. <laughs> um, great supporting cast. I don't think I remembered this. Like, okay. Chrissy loves this movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen it maybe once. I thought you had seen it. No? Not really. I've seen it. I had seen it before and I remember weeping, but... I weep, like I still cried, but at different parts this time. Yeah. Different things made me cry. Great supporting cast, Kathy Bates. Mm-hmm. Another Oscar winner. Gina Harry- Gershon. Yep. Lisa Kudrow. hmm Fantastic. Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, God. Yeah. Who is definitely in his Denny Duquette era. Uh, He's a little soft. He's a little soft. He's a little soft. Ma- Matt, my husband, said he reminded him of... Javier Bardem's cousin, <laughs> and I said he had a big George Strombolopoulos vibe. Oh. Like the, the t-shirts, the jeans, the, yes. the silver rings, mm-hmm. and I was a big strombo lover. Uh, do Non-Canadians know who that is? I think, um, so George Strombolopoulos was on Much Music as a VJ. Yeah. Then he had his own late night talk show yeah, in Canada. Yeah, I not he does anymore, though, does he? He was on Hockey Night Canada for a while, <laughs> and now I think his main income is mostly in like a radio show like an xm style show i haven't checked in on him in a while there was a time where i used to just send a little message when i've had a little few glasses of wine hey george what's up he was attainable he was from toronto he's so attractive to me yeah
1: i haven't seen him in forever strombo it's been a long time Yeah, how are you doing? I haven't even thought about him. I did. Just now. (laughs) Um, No, he did have that vibe. You're right. Actually, the whole time I was thinking Harry Connick Jr. reminds me so much of your husband.
0: Did you feel that way? No, but Matt said to me, you know, people think that I look like Harry Connick Jr. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then has his, the hair, hair. very much so. It's not the mouth or the nose. The eyes are very similar. And then... I think I'm jumping kind of in. I didn't realize that he plays someone on the spectrum. Do they tell you, though? He says it's a disorder. Oh, he says like a spectrum disorder. Yes. And I take medication for it. Yeah. I never caught that the first time around. So I was like, I mean, my husband does have like attention deficit disorder. So (laughs) But when he's like, I think you're hot. I was like that. (laughs) It's Matt. Not reading the room. A thousand percent.
1: There's so many lines that I was like, I feel like I've heard Matt say that and the floppy hair thing. So it's a pretty solid cast. It's a great cast. Um, One we didn't mention, and I don't even know her name, is her sister, which seems like an odd character to throw in. They didn't really utilize her, but she was always my favorite because she was so quirky and she had great clothes. And she actually sings the theme song, the P.S. I Love You song in it. Oh, cool. and in the deleted scenes, she actually had a larger role, but they deleted them. Um, but she—I loved her so much, and she sounds like she has that like old English voice, like the what is it, like the New World voice that um, comes over on the boat with you, Nellie McKay. Yeah, I don't know where she is these days, but I always loved the way she talked, and she's a great singer, and I think she's cute as a button. Hmm. Huh. But nothing ever, you know, they don't—they barely even acknowledge her in the movie, right? Like she just kind of swoops in and swoops out, and. You know? Yeah.
0: Okay, so we have our cast established. Yes. Tell us about the movie. Okay, we'll start off. So
1: this is not a spoiler. Gerard Butler dies. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously the movie, I actually love the way the movie starts. It doesn't uh, have anything to do with plot. It's only character development and history. So there's a whole scene with them fighting. And through that scene you you learn when they got married, how young they were, how their parents felt about it, that they don't have kids, that they wanna have kids, that they're having money troubles, that uh, he wants to start a business and she's not happy in her career. All of this and that her love of shoes. So it sets up pretty much every part of the story At least character-wise for them in this one scene, and it's great. It's chaotic. They're moving around an apartment, which they always claim is really small, but I think for New York is beautiful and big. Yeah, they
0: just have a lot of shit.
1: Yeah, but I love, and they looked very full. It looked like they lived a full life in that apartment. It was like kind of crowded, and you know, there's photos everywhere. I I thought the set design was amazing on this movie, and you see that scene, and then you see how much they love each other, and you know, they have jokes together, and all these things that, that are you know make a relationship and make a life and then the next scene is his funeral so you don't you you've already like wow these guys actually they are they are the right casting choice they're great together they have so much chemistry they're funny i think so you don't think they have chemistry i'll let you finish your thought and then you find out he dies um <laughs> you tell me
0: i uh, you i don't think they have chemistry not at all <gasps> i think he is fantastic oh he's ex- yeah Towards her. Yeah. I don't know if they, like, got along or whatever, but I didn't sense anything back from her. I thought her best performances, where I believed that she loved him, was when he was dead. Like, the darker moments of yes. Hillary Swank, to me, in this movie, was when I was like, wow, she really loved him. And I didn't like the way they set it up. I thought really? there could have been so many other ways to set it up. In my head, I was thinking, okay, first of all, I didn't read the book.
1: Oh, I... Do you think I've read a book?
0: (laughs) These days you've read one, two. I bought another one. You did buy another book. (laughs) I haven't opened it. I was thinking in my brain, I was like, okay, I like this kind of dynamic where they're, you know, we learned that they're struggling financially. They have plans. They have dreams. I wish then something would have happened in that moment to show a health issue comes up. Like maybe he... Gets a blinding headache, or passes, or collapses, or yeah. something like or that. Doesn't
1: see something in the r- like he's like she's like it's right there, and he's like where something something yeah. because
0: I forgot watching this movie years later what he died of. I just yes. knew he died, and yeah. then they keep hinting a brain tumor and an illness, and I wish that there had been. Just the hint of it before yeah. the cut to now he's gone.
1: So I think they do this because that scene doesn't really have fit in a timeline that we understand. You do know it's before he started his limo service and that he has his own set of drivers at his funeral. They say, tell Jerry's drivers to shut all the windows. So... It's a period of time later that he's now owned a business and it's been
0: successful. So maybe a few years. You don't actually know Yeah, I did is. And I didn't even catch that. I mean, you've caught it because yeah. you've seen it. I mean, I caught that he had drivers and a great p- p- performance by James Marston. Who, uh, <laughs> Marsters? I don't know. Marsters, who was Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, yeah. But I was just like, oh, this really hard cut. Yeah. To me, I just would have liked a little bit more of like a, go. we go to the hospital, And then maybe they hint later on that there was something or how long was he ill for? How long that he had time and the mental faculties to put this all together to set up the premise of the movie.
1: So again, as a big fan, there is deleted scenes, not that show, I don't believe that show him getting sick, but that do show him when he plans the trip later and he is sick and they I believe, maybe, I I don't know where I learned this, that they decided to remove them because they actually wanted to not show him sick at all. They wanted to just skip that and have, like, a preserved memory of him as this, like, lively person. So they kind of just removed, they did have scenes. There's, like, he goes to the travel agent wearing, like, a toque, and he's all pale.
0: Yes, because the travel agent has that great scene where she says, oh, you're his wife. Like, she, we do know that he met her.
1: Yes. And they had that scene originally in it, but they, I I don't know if there was, maybe there, there was a, like a version on, there was like the director's voiceover cut or something that I watched, but I think they decided to remove all of it and keep it like none of the tragedy exists in any scenes with him.
0: Yeah. Which I guess there are two camps. Yeah. You're going to cry anyway in this movie. Yes. Maybe. I mean, maybe you are. But looking back on it, without the memory of, I just know what happens. He dies and she gets all of these surprise letters that are helping her as he's gone. Yeah. But I just, it felt so sudden yeah. that I was just kind of a little taken aback by how many gaps there are to fill in afterwards. Like a lot of flashbacks to learning about their relationship yeah. more
1: Yeah.
0: and even more about her. But yeah, that's my only thing. I thought he was wonderful. Yeah. The karaoke scene in particular, I found him very endearing. Mm -hmm. But I just, I don't know if I bought, and this is maybe where I said, maybe this is why we haven't seen Hilary Swank in other romantic comedies. Because I couldn't get there.
1: When I was watching it this time uh, with a perspective of uh, they've been married for 10 years. I've been married for almost 10 years. She's not only are they opposites. But she is someone, she's a woman who's always thinking about, you can tell in their conversation, she's thinking about the apartment's too small. When do I have a baby? Like my mom judges me. And then right away, he's like, let's make up and fuck. Yeah. (laughs) And you can tell that she pulls away a little bit. She'll do it. Like she'll get all wrapped up in him and then she'll stop because she's, she's stressed. And yeah. I think that that reads maybe to you as no chemistry, but that read to me is like very realistic. That he's like, let's just kiss and make up, and she's like, but all these problems still exist. I love you, but I'm still upset. P.S.
0: I still love you. Yeah. but I'm upset. But I'm upset. I don't yeah. know. I still, I thought it, I thought they played it really well. She's great. Yeah, and I. I just, I think I just wished that there had been a little more, like, give me at least 15 minutes before he dies. <laughs> I feel like there was maybe seven minutes. No, I think that's like this. And even they, throughout it, they don't really
1: tell you how long he was sick for. At one point, the mom goes like, oh, did he have much strength near the end? And she just shakes her head no. That's basically the most you learn about any of it. Right. And you don't, And I, I don't know. I feel like I don't want a movie about someone dying from cancer.
0: Me either, but I just need... I think if you're not following along or watching multiple times, you need a few more pieces to get there.
1: I guess because I've seen this movie so many times, I don't don't need lubrication. Exactly. (laughs) You can just raw dog me right into the funeral and I'm okay because I know what happens. (laughs) But okay, so... The funeral happens. That's where you get to meet like the other cast members you get to see. Obviously, Lisa Kudrow is a comedy genius in this movie. Some of my favorite uh, comedy scenes of her ever in this movie when she loses her nail polish on the boat and just screams is like my favorite. I think it's I love when people do things that you don't expect and just give in all of themselves to it. And uh, you you learn instantly she's single. She's looking for somebody um, you learn who their friends are. It's great. You learn that she has a uh, Hillary Swank has a sister. All of that. So from there, she Hillary Swank starts grieving. So she goes home, and no one hears from her for it seems like a month or so. And when they do go to her apartment to check in on her, she's and it's her birthday. She, it's her birthday, and she's dirty and she smells, and her apartment's disgusting because she has just become this like grief rat, just staying at home, not doing anything, watching old movies, and. This is when the, the story, the actual plot, gets introduced.
0: I made a note. <laughs> What's the note? She's supposed to be a, a widow by 30. I couldn't get anyone to marry me by 30. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My note was, man, they have so many friends at, at 30, and I like like a whole community, and I'm like, <laughs>
0: nobody. In So I read a couple of the differences between the book and the movie. Yeah. One of the the differences that someone pointed out let me give them their due crypticbooks.wordpress.com said that in the book holly's family is much bigger
1: her family's
0: obviously it's set in ireland because cecilia Ahern's. i'm pronouncing that wrong all of her books i think are set in ireland or Mm -hmm. the uk holly's dad is still there Oh. And her family, she has like multiple siblings, this very full family life with friends. Mm -hmm. And this one is obviously set in New York, and it's worth to believe it's just Holly, her mom, and her sister. Yes. So I thought. You know, there's this little community of people that come to check on her. One thing I will say, they give her a lot of shit for just losing her husband. I know. The way that the characters multiple times in this movie kind of tell her to snap out of it and move on with her life, Mm -hmm. three weeks fresh. Yeah. Like... Losing somebody to an illness is obviously very different because there is that anticipated grief, that caregiver fatigue of it's coming. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. the grief is complicated because there's some relief in that they're not suffering anymore. But the way that her family is just like, happy 30th birthday. Why aren't you returning my calls? (laughs) Like giving her shit in this moment. I was very angry.
1: Yeah, I think at least from her mother's perspective, she didn't want her to marry him in the first place. So she's like, now it's done. Yeah, like it's all done. And we're going to start over. And I never wanted this for you anyway. But yeah, the fr- I think they just wanted to make her feel better. But so they do come over. The mom presents a cake. Mm-hmm. And inside the cake lid is a, rec- a like a tape recorder. And in it is the first message from Gerard Byler from Beyond the Grid. Jerry. Jerry. Which I kept thinking, what a weird name for a, like a rom-com guy. That's his name. Yeah. I realized that. I literally laid down in bed last night and turned to Jeff and went, his name is Gerard. He probably is called Jerry. Yeah. I'm so stupid. No. Is that his name in the book? I wonder. I think so. It is in the book. That's funny. Because I thought it was kind of an odd an odd name. I don't know. It he... is one of
0: those, he's so hot, his name's Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but I'm sure Gerard didn't mind at all. So, and he tells her in this recording that she's going to be receiving letters from him in all sorts of ways over, he doesn't really specify the, the length of time and that they'll tell her like what to do and how to be happy and what he wants for her and stuff like that. So they go out that night, she gets really drunk. And then the first letter shows up at her house the next day. So this proceeds with, he tells her, get a nice outfit, go do karaoke, go buy a lamp for the bedside table. All these things that we learn throughout the movie are little touch points in their relationship. They went to karaoke and she fell on her face and he loves karaoke and all of these things. So the letter's like push her to to do things and to like make her happy
0: another thing i saw is that in the book she knows each month she's getting a letter oh versus she doesn't know when these next letters are coming
1: no i think i don't know they don't really tell you in the movie yeah yeah when they're supposed to show up it'll just be
0: like look for a sign look for this Mm -hmm. you'll never know did you realize that she brings him to karaoke with her yeah I didn't know, like, I didn't see that in the directive when she just, I thought it was really sad that, I. look okay, I love this in movies when, I mean, they did this in Pride and Prejudice where they blur out the background so that mm-hmm. we only see that it's the two characters in the room together. Yeah. But I didn't realize that, like, then in the background of the bar, she's sitting there with her arm um, on, his yeah, on his urn, arm. which is supposed to be like his guitar case. Is that what it is? Yeah. I always wondered that. I just thought, they're just cool. No, I I read that factoid that it's designed to look like his guitar case because we're later supposed to believe that they met on the road, but he was a musician. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of the big plot points of his character.
1: Yes. Which explains something that we both
0: notice that he wears a lot of jewelry. The jewelry work in this movie. (laughs) Like what was the costume budget on jewelry? It's a lot. It's multiple bracelets, multiple rings, mm-hmm. multiple yep. necklaces. Yep. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, does that turn you off on a guy? Okay, so I used to hate whenever I would see a guy, especially where we grew up, wearing a gold chain. Oh, God. But then this is... a cross on it. Yeah, I hate yep. it. I hate it. I have a friend who... <laughs> He used to always wear a gold chain and he said, I got this for my baptism. And I was like, and it still fits. He never (laughs) took it off. And then one day he took it off and I was just like, you finally grew up and you took it off. Yeah. There are certain men like Connell's chain in Normal People where I was like, Paul Meskel can wear a, mm-hmm. a chain, no problem. But these chains are a very specific. Like, maybe you would get them at like a spirit Halloween when you want to pretend to be a rock star. Yeah. Or... I feel like I, there was some leather cord involved in some yeah, things. Yeah. And... Like, it's a one of those shops that you would go into where you're like, this is going to turn my neck green. Yeah. But I'm going to wear it anyway. Yeah. The
1: only thing... Is, so he, he's always wearing these, all these jewelries and stuff, but his clothes does not match the vibe. He's his clothes are very like kind of Walmarty, like ill-shaped, just normal denim. He doesn't look like a rock star.
0: No, but he has like he is wearing these like open henley tops, T shirts, yes. kind of like a loose fit bootcut jean, leather jacket, which we all know leather jacket means Mm -hmm. mm, rock and roll. I know, but from that aesthetic, normally, I would see
1: more like the guy who owns the karaoke bar, jeans that have like a weird wash or cuts in them or like a cross on the butt. Yeah. That's what I would assume if he was like a, a rock star at this time.
0: But this is, he's Irish. He is Irish. Maybe we just don't know Irish musicians.
1: I just can't imagine getting naked with a guy and his bracelets clanging and like,
0: clamoring next to my head i can't imagine we both take off our jewelry at night <laughs> prince harry actually wears a lot of bracelets interesting which are they all live strong or something no they're like some i don't even know where he gets them or what they post was they're representative of something for him mm-hmm. but he wears a lot of like leather bracelets and things like that Maybe it is like a UK thing. Let us know. Am I, are you team jewelry? Yay or nay? Speaking of um, wardrobe, because you opened this door, I wrote, I miss dressing badly because this movie, I get, like I had to think at the time, People thought her clothes were fantastic. Hillary Swing's clothes were fantastic. I still th- that plaid dress, if I could get my hands
1: on that plaid dress, I wanted it so bad. I'll, she goes to a gay
0: club in a Buffalo check mm-hmm. midi dress, wrap dress mm-hmm. with I love a it. statement necklace and a headband. It's like country
1: twee. This is like the height of. Like me trying to figure out my style. I loved, I loved everything. The only thing I didn't like was her glittery disco ball blazer thing, which she wore to karaoke. That one I thought was odd.
0: That reminded me of SJP for Gap. Really? Yeah. That reminded me of
1: like a grandma. When
0: we're wearing metallic bolero jackets. Mm Mm-hmm. I definitely had a lot of like cropped little jackets that I would just put on. Yes. And when she goes to the bar in Ireland wearing like a silk blouse and in a purple and literally the woman behind her is also wearing a silk blouse <laughs> in purple. A lot of headband work too. So much headband work. A lot <laughs> of skinny boots into... Yes. The,
1: the boots were popping off in this movie. Lots of boots and side bangs.
0: So many side bangs. Well, why do I look at it and go...
1: I love
0: it. Because I, we I miss were the side 20 bed. years old. I was 20 years old when this yeah. movie came out. But I said, I miss dressing so badly because there's something so endearing about this time period of fashion where it's like, it's not good. You can even look in the 90s, 80s, 70s and be like, that still slaps a bit. Yeah. Nobody has been like, I want to wear, except for you today, that Buffalo check I, dress. I never like...
1: That dress I would wear now. Most of the things I wouldn't wear now. And I think that when we do see people still wearing those exact styles, like the dark, tight denim tucked into higher boots, Jeff could be in like... She wears a lot of hats. So many hats. <laughs> Any of that stuff. No, if we saw someone wearing that right now, we'd be like, oh, her highest moment in life was in 2008. And yeah. then she just has always been chasing that dragon
0: this whole time. Whereas I think I've gone with with the trends. It's just funny because we're supposed to believe that Holly is this artist yes. through and through. She's She works as a realtor in the movie in the beginning, but in her core, she's fashionista (laughs) and yet this is what she's pulling as looks wise yeah she doesn't look terrible there's like a trench coat scene where she looks great she's always very put together yes she always looks but it's not reading as artist to me
1: no that's the thing too and especially how she they paint her in contrast to him is that she's like stuck up kind of or like type a yes like more even like corporate or like serious than him but her whole thing is that she, in her mind, is an artist. Exactly. And they you'd think they'd be more compatible than they are. At least, like, they'd both be making beautiful art together.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, like, she loves old movies. She loves this. And she does. You can definitely see, like, through lines of the 50s, like, 40s, 30s, like, yeah. looks with her hair. But there's, I, I don't know, when. just when we're talking about the wardrobe of this movie made me really laugh. That's funny. Um, There is a line at the karaoke bar that made me like take note of it. Holly returns to the karaoke bar and she feels bad that she gave Jerry such a hard time for this because you know she hurt herself the last time she was there and her friend says to her married people make each other feel like shit on purpose sometimes it just feels good. Mm -hmm. And I was like holy shit that is the most (laughs) true line I've ever heard in a rom-com. Yeah. Because there is that time where you just want to just th- throw a little knife in just to make yeah. them feel bad. Yeah. But that's marriage. Like, I think maybe sometimes when you're... And I don't want to say dating versus marriage, but in marriage, there is, like, a little bit more of a, where are you going to go?
1: Yeah. Are you gonna what are you going to do? What are you
0: going to do about it? You're going to do all this paperwork that you yeah. can't even, like close the bathroom door. Yeah. So you're not going anywhere. Yeah. I just thought that was a great line that stood out.
1: I do love though, that even like her grief is so big and she feels so much for him that they don't romanticize their relationship. They, they show that they fight and that she was always ragging on him and stuff i do like that like it's realistic
0: it is realistic and i think there is that tendency to do some revisionist history and maybe be like everything was great yeah and no one in her life seemingly will let her forget that it wasn't no you know would it have been different if they had been older i mean 20s are hard enough 20s and married fuck forget that yeah you did it (laughs) 27 No, 26 26 that's, mo- like, that's
1: more than most people. More yeah, than me. I guess so. I think they were 19, though, in this movie. Or she was. He actually was, like, 24 or 25 when they got married. Because she says he died at
0: 35. Wow. So he's a little bit older than her. It's a little weird. No. It, it makes sense, uh, casting-wise. Because he definitely looks older. She looks older.
1: I was going to say, when she they do do flashbacks of her being 19 i think she reads night like i didn't wasn't like wow this is a 35 year old woman pretending to be 19
0: no but you know because she, she has little girl hair that looks like it's never been touched <laughs> yeah and they gave her bangs they like, gave her bangs Little bangs without a part like you know that color of hair where it's just virgin hair it's never been dyed there's no dimension yes. which i think a lot of people associate also with jennifer garner mm-hmm. so maybe that's what maybe your husband Jeff's was onto thinking something yeah one So one of the things that I, I kind of wanted to come back to is when she goes out for her birthday, Yeah. she goes back to her mom's pub mm-hmm. and she's in the closet and Harry Connick Jr. comes in and he's talking to her and they really are setting him up as like he's going to be the romantic love interest yes. because there's this one thing that happens in every rom-com or most rom-coms, the girl gets drunk and throws up on his feet. Yes. And that <laughs> usually means, as my husband said, that means she's going to marry him. Yes. Yeah. Like, it happened in Leap Year. Mm-hmm. It happened in this. And I couldn't remember, actually, how this movie ends. So I thought, oh my god, she is going to end up with him. She threw up on his feet. Yeah. I do like that they they didn't do that,
1: though. And in the end, you actually don't know. Like, there is no end up with in the end, which I enjoy.
0: There's a sequel of the book. We should read it.
1: There's a se- Maybe we should do Why a
0: comfort did- book club. Why did they not make a sequel movie? So in 2018... Hilary Swank kind of got behind the idea to bring the movie back. Yeah, but I don't know. Obviously, COVID happened. She now has twin babies. I'm sure she's not. Yeah, sure she's very very busy. So,
1: after you know he's sending her letters, uh, she gets a letter telling her to go to a travel agency. And the woman there immediately, like you said, goes, oh, you're his wife and grabs a box of Kleenexes. And this starts the Ireland portion of this movie, which is why we were like inspired to watch it. So her and her two friends fly to Ireland because Jerry planned a trip for them and tells them like, take her fishing... Um, take her to this pub. Take her to the pub take yes. her to see my parents. Yes. And while there, she just is reminded of him, gets sadder and sadder essentially the whole time. And then enters Jeffrey Dean Morgan. A very, very smexy Jeffrey Dean Morgan.
0: Named William. It's Billy. Imp- well, 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 yeah. William <laughs> Billy. Yeah. It's important to note that in the book this character does not exist. <gasps> this is such a crucial part though. It does not exist. Holly does not hook up with any of his friends. Wow. So this is, I could see if you are a purist of this book, this is probably where you drop off. Yeah. For us, we didn't know any different. Where does she travel to? Nowhere? Spain. Oh. Oh. She goes to Spain and stays at a hotel. Jerry's parents don't really like her in the book, so it's told, and they're quite rude to her when they see her have dinner with another man.
1: So is Jerry Spanish?
0: No, he's Irish. What the heck did they, this isn't even the same. I, it's a very different book. Sorry, no, I'm not more on top of this. Something else and made it a different
1: movie because it doesn't seem like it's remotely the same.
0: This person, crypticbooks.wordpress.com, says it always bothered me that they created this Billy character, but I could see why they needed to. They're basically showing, and they do a good job by saying like winter, spring, whatever. So we're yeah. getting time jumps, but for me anyway, who felt like it was disjointed that he died. This introduction of this character I know is like a Stella how Stella Got a Groove Back type thing, Mm -hmm. but it feels a little rushed. Like, I'm nervous watching her talk to him. Yeah. Okay. So, when she goes to the pub, she sees Billy play guitar. Mm -hmm. Do musicians give you an an ick?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey Dean Morgan does not, but yes. I don't, like... Having dated a few musicians, I have a strict rule. I'll only date people who have no beat. Like, Jeff can't sing along to songs in the car because he can't remember them. Good. And he can't keep the tune. He does not know the words. And though it's like, it's really annoying that you're singing along to this song and you don't know what's happening in it, I prefer it. I am done with the the guys who are like, I can shred, baby. And I don't want anything to do with this shit anymore.
0: Yeah, it's a, I, so my first boyfriend wasn't a band yeah and I used to go to every oh yeah every single I did the same thing a gig and I would just sit there I don't know any of the words but I would Mm -hmm. just sit there and blah, blah 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 Looking back on it, unless you are a very famous musician, I am so embarrassed when people sing. Yes. Like, even when I watch musical theater, like, I'm so impressed. I could never do it. But there's something about just someone singing at me that mm-hmm. I get so embarrassed for. No, absolutely not. So when they kind of lust after him, I could totally see being in a pub. And you're like, oh, my God, that guy's so hot. Yeah. But then when he picks up the guitar, like, this is I'd be holiday. like, <laughs> and you're like, no. Yeah, I did. Forget it. No.
1: And... We have the elephant in the room is Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Irish accent is atrocious.
0: Yeah, but we're not doing much talking, are we? It's still
1: the little bits that he tries to do is horrible. And I know you you read that Gerard Butler was, he apologized because he thought his Irish accent was so bad. But most people other than Irish people don't know the difference between a Scottish and an Irish accent. And I'm sure it blended quite well. It
0: always makes me wonder because Irish People are so, you know, and and rightly so. Their identity is we are Ireland. We're not England. We're not like Britain. We are Ireland. I wouldn't want to fuck with anybody by casting... Like American as an Irish person, go yeah. hire an Irish well, person. Well, is what I was thinking. Matthew
1: Good from Leap Year also not Irish. He's no, I Welsh. know Math- And then Jeffrey Dean Morgan's American, which does, isn't even trying at this point. At least Welsh and Scottish are like Irish
0: light. Like <laughs> there is a thing like Sir Ronan. We we yeah. we love her with her accent when she was in at Atonement and like other in movies. Brooklyn, yeah. Like I'm like when she has a British accent to me, the leap isn't that far. Yeah. But something about knowing that he's an American. Yeah. I was like, we couldn't hire someone else to do this? Other than Colin Farrell, who is there? I actually don't know.
1: Killian Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) That short King, no one wants a rom-com with that man. His cheekbones are terrifying.
0: They are. I think there's actually, like, I don't think... Where does *Peaky Blinders* take place? Birmingham, England. So it's not—he's not Irish in that. Not in that. Mm, but I mean, Colin Farrell. Who else is Irish? Now we have a wave of Irish actors like Paul Mescal. Oh, he's Irish. He's Irish. Okay. I was so like
1: Brendan Gleeson and like, Domhnal Tom- Gleeson. <laughs> Domino- I Yeah, Dominal. He does. He does have some good rom-coms.
0: He does. I'll give him that. But I think. Just that was the one thing where I was like, oh, it's kind of taking me out that I know he's Danny Duquette with a, a serious heart issue, and we can't <laughs> cut his LVAD wire. He's gonna die too. You can't marry him. No, he him. Oh my god. Um, one of the complaints that I do have about how they laid out the flashbacks is she sees him sing this song that takes her back to the pub. Yes. When she's wearing Jerry's jacket. Yes. But they put that flashback before the flashback where she gets the jacket. So yes. they say. She says, I want it in a bet. My memory, so shit. I was like, why is he talking about her coat? And why are mm-hmm. they just kissing? I, for- I would have preferred it chronologically if they had introduced how they met first. Yeah. And then for me to understand why this moment is so jarring for her.
1: Yeah, I get it. I think part of it was if you pay attention in that scene... Jeffrey D. Morgan's in the background the whole time. Right. So I think that's why they placed it where they placed it, but they could have still done their story right when she got to Ireland or something. Like it could have happened earlier. Yes, that's true.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, for some reason, because she gets so rattled, I was, I forgot. I'm like, oh, he, I forget he's a musician. And I forget that this, all of this happened. So that was my one complaint. But basically he, she takes off at the bar, right?
1: Yeah, because uh, he sings Galway Girl, which reminds her of, jerry so she runs off and says like basically she she does believe the whole time that like even beyond the letters he's like speaking to her or showing her things and she's actually mad at him for making her have these feelings because why did you you knew if i went to this pub i'd be reminded of you and then mm-hmm. the same song happens and it hurts her so she's
0: mad at jerry after that <laughs> so if this isn't in the book and this is purely a hollywood moment are we meant to believe that jerry knew? Billy would be playing at that pub. No, I don't think so. You don't so. think so? I think he
1: just, and he even said in his letter, like, it's filled with good people. Right. Like, I, th- I think he was just like, those are my people. Like, you'll have a good time because they're my people. Okay. I don't think he knew that that night. Like, what night? What if it was a Tuesday and he wasn't there? Because,
0: because Matt was listening to it and said, or watching it with me, and he said, I don't think Jerry would be okay with her lusting after... This guy, he didn't know that it was who it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think Jerry of all people seems like he would be okay with get over me by getting under someone else. Yeah, That's why I thought him specifically telling her to go there at the time he did, we're supposed to believe it's this divine intervention of him saying... I want you to move on with this person specifically.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't think lodge. It's not like he called them up and said, she's going to be in Ireland this week and they're going to go to the pub on this right. night.
0: We know that later yeah. on, but yeah. like, I, I wondered if it was like some kind of omnipotent thing of like, look.
1: Well, yeah, it's meant to be just like, she she walked into a random pub and had Jerry's jacket on and he said, if I ever see you again, yeah. you have to give me my jacket That's back. why I
0: thought we're supposed to believe that later on, you know, they really do, hint that maybe she gets together with billy because mm-hmm. of this chances thing that they keep talking about yes anyways I, I also don't think
1: it's the same bar as when she meets jerry i don't think it's the same no
0: place. they never say i mean no. we'll never know it doesn't
1: look the same but i don't think it was like he's like i know i know billy will still be playing
0: the hits well billy it turns out has many jobs I because what's the other what is what would you call that but lake hanger outer watcher like cop Lake <laughs> The steward of the lake. Yeah. He's the headmaster of the lake. (laughs) That's the new movie, Lake Cop. So she bails on Billy. Then Jerry tells her friends that they want to take them fishing. While we're stranded on a boat, we learn that Denise is getting married. Mm -hmm. And the other one, who I just know is Big Mama, is pregnant. (laughs) And there is this moment where they're so excited. And there is some tone deafness of... She just, like, her Like, she can't get these things in life because it's been taken from her. Yes. Read the room a little bit. They do say, we weren't even going to tell you because this is your trip.
1: Right. But I do think... So, if you are following the timeline, Jerry died, like, right before Christmas. And... Or at least... It said winter, and then they played a Christmas song at his funeral, even though it is his favorite song. It is a Christmas song. And this is autumn. Like, right before autumn. When they get back, it's autumn. So, it's been, like, eight or ten months yeah, so I think that they were like, we have to start living our lives too, and incorporating you into like our joys.
0: I just think there would have been in real life I would have hoped a little bit of a softer yes, you know. And then just saying, well, we better get out of here by March. Otherwise, there's going to be yeah. another person on the boat. The line did not come out like easily.
1: No, it it wasn't like they were like passing around a whiskey or something. And she was like, I can't. I can't. All right. Or something like that. Like she was just like, better be less than nine months or else be another person on this boat. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, there, it, really make any it was sense. a bit awkward, but I get it. We're moving plot. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Jeffrey Dean Morgan comes, like, piggybacking on his dad on a dinghy to go come <laughs> rescue them. The dad doesn't come back with them for dinner. No. I think he drives them home. Right. But not with his dad. And then... He's probably like, Pat, stay home. They're eating spaghetti. And for some reason, it seemed wrong. I know Irish people eat spaghetti. <laughs> but for some reason, it seemed wrong for it to be, like, mm-hmm. spaghetti and wine in an Irish cottage. Yeah. I don't know. They're Americans. Yeah, American. They don't have any. They probably say pasta instead of pasta. That's what I say. I know, but it's <laughs> fine. So basically, there is this awkward scene that happens next where they're trying to just get him either liquored up, her liquored up to stay. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I would love a shower. And I re- said to my husband, I was like, it's not raining. He didn't swim to them. Like, <laughs> why does he need a shower? Yeah. Like, that to me was just like a sexy, like, I'm going to be naked soon. I love that. What about his soft body? I love a soft body. I, I was happy that it wasn't the shredded bodies. Body,
1: if I, like, I we see Gerard mostly almost naked and we see him almost naked. I prefer him.
0: I'm definitely less scared at yeah. the, the amount of, like, body coming out at me. <laughs> but, yeah, he, I mean, he's a very handsome man. I don't want, like, look oh at my husband. Like, we're not. Yeah. It was. I just love that it wasn't the absolutely shredded guy. We're supposed to believe that everybody who plays guitar in Ireland has an eight pack.
1: Yes. No, I, I if you knew me, especially at the time, those two men are my top tier ultimate. I've always loved them both.
0: But you don't love muscles. I don't.
1: No. But Gerard... He's I just love him I just love him. I love his his dumb face and
0: his weird I don't know he has like a lisp or something he's always got too much saliva. He's still cute. He is very he's not my style but he's very endearing and he's like childishness happiness yeah how you have a sedentary yeah. job of owning a, a, a car <laughs> company and you got that body he's always running out to open the doors for me yeah like i guess then i should drive too if i can gonna have an eight pack with that body sorry for my tangent but i just thought it was really interesting because i think we really assumed the hollywood man that everybody wants And this is i think female gaze like female gaze is jeffrey dean morgan yes
1: Absolutely. Male gaze
0: is Gerard Butler. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. There are people that I know my like husband has male crushes on, most of all being Ryan Reynolds, oddly enough. He'll, he'll watch anything with him in it because he's like, I like Ryan Reynolds. But I'm like, you want to fuck Ryan Reynolds, I'm pretty sure.
0: I think Ryan Reynolds is very endearing. I've Matt knows if we're going Canadian Ryans, it's Gosling.
1: There's, I think there's a max out on Hot for me where it becomes... Myth. Ryan
0: Ryan Reynolds to me, it, it almost cancels itself out. All the features are featuring like too they're working too much in harmony. It's too much I can't find you attractive. And you're nice? Get out of here. Yeah, I can't find you attractive.
1: I'm very sorry, sir. But Ryan Gosling, as as people have said before, like he wasn't even gonna be cast in the notebook because they said he was ugly. So rude. Which like when you look at him, he's not like facially the best, but he's the best personality.
0: I think I think he's facially so handsome. I think he's handsome, tip to though. But he's that person who didn't age into their looks, or like peak looks, until mm-hmm. the 30s. Yes. Whereas I think like Ryan Ryan Reynolds was. This is a very long tangent. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds was probably always pretty good looking. Yeah. And then. You know, he like lost the two guys a grill in a pizza yeah. place. Wait, and then everyone was like, "Holy shit, you're yeah. always gonna be hot." I will say though, like I was a big Chris Pratt girl until he got
1: fit, and then he got crazy. And before that, when he was chunky and weird and funny, you'd never would have thought anything of it. I was a big Chris Pratt girl too. I remember but at not... one point you were very into Chris. Pratt. I don't you're even like... want
0: to say how into Chris Pratt I well, was. You used to tell
1: me things, and I'd be
0: like, "I don't need to know this information of what you do with those Chris Let's Pratt just say, videos." I was, <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. I, like, But like, if I needed to be in the mood, I would just watch Chris Pratt interviews. Yeah. You treated Chris Pratt interviews like an OnlyFans.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I sure did. And not now anymore. that's how you treat
0: Pedro Pascal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You were really into him like, what was it like eight months? Well, whenever, whenever the TV show
0: aired, Last of Us, you were, uh, every when day he... you would talk about him I love him so much. And I, you know what? Who knows what he's into? I just love him attractive man's attractive man straight i don't care
1: i can still i can't have them anyway i don't give a shit if they're if they're
0: hot they're hot yeah they're hot they're hot uh so jeffrey d morgan and (laughs) hillary swank he married a woman named hillary hillary burton yeah wow maybe he's meant to be they have this really weird encounter where she just kind of throws herself at his face yes but you know like this is a very slippery slope consent wise Mm -hmm. he's He's into it. Oh, yeah. But they make it look like she just kind of throws himself at her. Yeah. And he's like, slow down. And we learn, again, that she throws herself at Jerry, too. Like, kind of misreads the signals and just, like, goes right to his face and, like, chips his teeth or something like that. Yeah, she has... She definitely has a a move. We're... To believe that Holly is inexperienced when it comes to making moves, being romantic and intimate with people. Which makes this all the more strange that what happens next they're sitting in bed talking
1: i find it weird when people in movies have sex for the first time and then they are cuddle cuddle and he's like brushing her hair and her arm he kisses the top of her head and i'm like that is sex and that very different levels of intimacy yeah very different levels no, when yeah. you don't know the person you're putting some kind of clothing on next or you're like wrapped in a sheet and moving over. And then like you don't you're not kissing heads. Uh,
0: it was it very, very cuddly. It was it was cute. But I was like, Mm-mm. I wrote I didn't think that this was cute at all. And then, you know, we find out that he was very close friends with Jerry was yeah. in Jerry's band the night that Holly and him had their like, yeah, big together moment. And then he says, Would you like me to tell you stories about him? Which is, I thought was sweet. Are you serious? You didn't think that was nice? I thought that was absolutely appalling. Like, really? it was so awkward. Just fucked my friend's dead wife. Or my, I, just, you know, <laughs> I just fucked my dead friend's wife. Yeah. Let me tell you some stories about him.
1: I think that he was reading her, like, she misses him, and he's like, I can actually help you in this scenario.
0: Yeah, you did help her. You just gave her an orgasm. That's true. I guess so.
1: But I liked it. Other than I, the line, me and Jerry, we shared everything. Yes. <laughs> I like that she was like appalled by that line. But I don't know. I think he's cute. I think it'd be very weird to be in that scenario. And so I think strange. her friend's i love what they're like how long has it been but i guess you have to assume he was sick for a while too before but like her husband was sick with cancer and then he died the fact that she has not have sex is not weird yeah it's not like oh my god it's been like she that's okay yeah
0: and then they're like you need to go have sex and it's like does she though i don't yeah think the so. pressure surrounding this like forced setup yeah I get why it's included in the plot and I get why Jeffrey Dean Morgan's a thing, but it just, for me, was so strange that he was like, you write like the intimate moment of we're supposed to believe that they've spent a total of two hours together in a sense. And now they're just very cuddly in bed talking about Jerry. I think they could have not had sex and the ending would have
1: still felt hopeful. Yeah. And you still could have I think that like he still could have picked them up They still could have went back to their place. And then they could have just, like, talked all night or something. And you showed them bonding. And then, like, they don't need to have sex. No. It is a little weird. They made it weird. There is... I'm glad I saw his butt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm an ass man. (laughs) You're an (laughs) ass man. Then uh, Holly goes to see Jerry's parents. Which, it makes sense in the book that they're supposed to be very icy. Because they were cold as ice yes not the dad not the dad but i think the dad was like she doesn't like you so i have to not i I have to keep my distance i have been a mother for a minute yeah and if something happened to my son i would be like and i don't want to put everybody's grief on the thing but they just they didn't either develop the mother enough to keep to keep her in the movie and make it make sense because to me all i was just looking at is huh this mom's unbothered yeah Versus either tell me that they've been estranged, yeah, or like just build it out a little bit more because to me it just looked like these could be any people besides his parents. Really, mm-hmm.
1: I felt like you could tell that it was the same thing with her mom is that they weren't happy that he got married and left, and they they've always resented her, and because of that, like they and she lived in New York, like they lived in New York, so clearly they weren't going to be as close with them. Just too much pride to like allow this woman into her life
0: yeah it just kind of they're both sets of parents in this just kind of read as you know baby boomers post-war babies who Mm -hmm. are not emotionally in touch with anything no i don't love that trope of irish people or british people i mean maybe it's true i mean it's like stiff upper lip type thing but I just think that we had more time with Kathy Bates' character to see that, you no, know, she feels things so deeply and she's never gotten over any kind of loss. Yeah. To me, again, this being my only second viewing, it felt undeveloped. Yeah,
1: but when Kathy Bates says, when your dad left, I had two little girls and you just get with it and you get on. You've heard that. Oh, I hear it we, every fucking day. We've heard that from from the older generation. Yeah. They have a very much bootstraps, keep going... Uh, it's not as big as you think, but then you find out that, no, they just push everything down and our generation's more like a motive and we share things and we're not shy about, we're not also not embarrassed if we're in therapy, yeah. you know, it, we're, the millennials are much more open with their feelings, whereas boomers aren't. And no. I think that does they don't have to be Irish to be very like just get over it no
0: and that's the thing is that people who are saying just get over it are the ones who never did no so and, and it's 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 bleeding into every area of their life so for me i there are these pieces throughout this movie where they say we got married fast your mom doesn't like me my parents don't like you but i just i think i i need a little more spelling it out like, yeah so when she goes to his house and she goes to his fort, and she gets this super long letter. Mm-hmm. thought it was very sweet that we learn how they met. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I would have wished that this part came before the bar. Yes, but
1: that's the, the the plot point of her needing a ride to their house is how you find out that Billy knows him, right. they their friends. So I think that's why they laid it out that way but i do get it yeah the parents yeah it's almost like
0: they disowned him
1: yeah and And we're like that's it was done like what's done is
0: done yeah they couldn't come for the funeral because of a surgery i'd be leaving my husband to go to my son's funeral even the
1: dad said like i'm sorry we weren't we couldn't go and she was like you could barely walk like i think that he probably would have went yeah he
0: probably if it was up to him i think i think his mom was bitter for sure. Just bitter. And now bitter that her son's gone and she lost 10 years of his life. Yeah. So who's she mad at? Holly or herself. Probably yeah. herself in the, in the grand scheme of things. We wrap up Ireland and we go back to the U.S. of A. Where mm-hmm. Jerry basically tells Holly, like, go get in touch with that artist in you. Yes. And once again, she shuts down from her friends and kind of hides. And he said, I think he says
1: earlier on in the movie in a letter, like... I'll give you a sign about what to do next. Mm-hmm. And the sign is that when he was dancing in the first scene of the movie, he's wearing suspenders and the little like holdy thing, metal thing pops off and flies, it hits him in the eye and flies somewhere else in the room. And you don't think about it again. And then she finds it on the floor, kind of mid movie puts it on a, a photo of frame, them because yeah. it reminds her of him because like the reason it's theirs, because many many months ago it fell there and then she <laughs> hits the picture frame with her remote when she wants the phone to stop going off because everyone keeps calling her and by doing that the little clip falls onto a shoe and then holly becomes a shoe designer because she's like what a fucking neat design putting a
0: little fleur on the top of a shoe and this doesn't happen in the book either
1: no What does
0: she do in the book? She gets an office job, but she loves the office (laughs) job. The book in the... It's that book. The movie should have just been called something else. So I think, like, it's important to remember, though, that we are in In Her Shoes era. Yeah. Confessions of a Shopaholic era. We're, like, in an era, Legally Blonde era, of these women who, like, love fashion so much that they're making it, like, this way to cope with life. I really did think shoes would play a bigger part in my adult life. Didn't you think, like... Well, you even need a shoe closet. Yeah, I don't uh, have any shoes. <laughs> I have barely any shoes. I it always kind of struck me as like a deficit to my femininity for not loving shoes yeah. or not wanting to spend like shoes, handbags, or like no. shopping. Yeah,
1: I've I've never gotten into it. And, yeah, and like I was explaining to my family yesterday, so I went to a birthday party wearing my Doc Martin sandals, and I'm go, they're gonna last me for ten years. i I'm, I'm never gonna need another pair of sandals. Who am I? But I used to think I was the girl who was going to have every kind of heel. I I lusted after the Manola Blahniks. And
0: that's not a slight on that. Like, I'm not saying that any kind of fashion or shopping is vapidness. If anything, I'm saying, like, I feel I'm not feminine enough for not yes loving those things. Yes. And in her shoes made me think I really should subscribe to the clothes don't fit,
1: but shoes always will. Exactly. And I really thought that, like, that's so true and I'm going to live by that and... No, in, re- I, in reality, I guess it depends on your life, but you
0: go, you wear the same shoes all the time. It's an interesting foray for Holly because she starts, you know, becoming Geppetto and like making these shoes. She goes to Kleinfeld's and interrupts Lisa Kudrow's wedding try-on. Yes. By, she's going to tell her that she wants to design shoes for her and she's so sorry. But Lisa Kudrow says one of the most callous things I've mm-hmm. ever heard someone say to a friend in a movie, whereas is it because you can't stand that we're happy and it's not about you? I
1: loved that line. Are you serious? Because Holly went, yes. And I think that's so, but that's so real. Like talking to your friend that like, could you not be around us because we're happy and you're
0: not? But that's not the way she said it. She said it, it's not about you. Like it was a very bridezilla moment of saying it while you're in the wedding dress. The way that I think because I've noticed how everyone, and again, I started this movie a week ago. And had to turn it off because it was hitting a little too close to home with the funeral scene. Yes. So I'm fresh eyes grief. But the comments that people are making about like move on with your life. Get over it. I'm just like you have no idea what this girl's going through. She's lost her husband. Like she could compartmentalize it if maybe like like you give her time. Yeah. And maybe didn't. Snap at her the way you are.
1: I actually think it like gives it more history to their friendships that Holly is main character attitude and always has been. And they were with Holly through her marriage and her highs, and now it's their turn and she can't be there for them. Which I
0: understand. I I think think it's just very real friendship moment. I think just the delivery really struck me as that is very cruel. Yeah, but I think when you're pushed, you're pushed. I mean And Holly was at a point where she could accept it. She was because she knows there is some truth to it that she is a mess. But, you know, Denise, you're, you're you're barely walked down the aisle. Talk to me in 10 years if you lose your husband. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, that's true. If you yeah. don't know that level of loss yet, you need a little bit of kid gloves when you're talking about it.
1: I think so. But I think people have a tendency to think their own emotions are more important than other people's and that Holly thinks her grief trumps anything else. And Lusa Kudrow's Something good's happening to me, and that should trump other things.
0: So when I was first watched this movie, the part that made me cry the most was when she's reading the letter at his fort. Now, as an adult, the part that makes me cry the most is when she's crying to her mom. That's that's when I cried.
1: And I normally don't cry during this movie,
0: but TMI.
1: I got my period literally the next morning. so And I was like, why am I sobbing? But it was when she said... Because I understand that level of, like, I don't even... Like, there's no way out of this grief. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no solution. Nothing's going to fix it. His letters didn't fix it. Nothing's going to fix it. And she realizes this, like... She gets to the point where she realizes this is her life. And it'll never feel right.
0: The anger that she has about her life going this way and about loving him so much when she didn't want to fall in love and open herself up. Yeah. And it's this really... It's a really sweet moment of this mother and daughter finally understanding each other. Yeah. You see for the first time that her mother's anger was protecting what she thought her daughter deserved. Mm-hmm. And her mother seeing that Holly's... Her trying to keep a stiff upper lip of uh, things together for Holly actually made her not want love. And I yeah. think I don't think that that's what any parent yeah. wants for their child either. But when she... Like, Hillary Smike is so good at crying mm-hmm. that that's for me, like, I just ruined me last night. Yeah, that was, that's the part I cried at too. I was a maybe in on this movie. And then when that happened, I was like, oh, I'm all in. Yeah.
1: There are two scenes around that time that I think could have completely been cut. The one where I guess, well, you do reveal that her mom is actually the one sending the letters. So after all of this, her mom hating, not hating Jerry, but never accepting him and even vocally saying, These letters need to stop. You need to move on. You need to not always wait for these letters. It won't make things better. And she's right, but she's harsh. She's the one that's actually coordinating the letters. I thought that was so sweet. Yeah, which is funny because, yeah, she keeps telling her, like stop worrying about the letters and then she's like keep sending them but i think that scene was a little bit drawn out where she they talk more about their feelings and then the letter and then her meeting harry Connick junior in a restaurant i know it just showed that like he has reached the end of his rope with her not loving him but i don't think it was necessary I don't even know if the Harry Connick Jr. storyline was necessary in general. Not at all. (laughs) I I was like, when you actually put all those
0: clips together, they're not part of the plot in any way. He just seems like a pariah to her grief a little bit. And I think most of us, I think, whether you're, you know, whoever you are, you've been in a situation where someone almost feels entitled to you paying attention to them. yeah, Or you loving them or like be like i've I've been here the whole time yeah i help you run errands i do all these things like why yeah. don't you love me and it, i think the, the the thing about his character being this like blunt asshole mm-hmm. d- didn't help him make him any more of a sympathetic character at all
1: No, i wonder was his character in the book do you know if or i don't character know i gotta like check that? it was very strange i yeah thinking back on it and noticing it all put together
0: Maybe they're trying to build a triangle a little bit more. I think so, but I never bought it. No, because we all know a triangle. I love a triangle. It's great shape, especially in movies. But they just didn't work at all. So for me, he could have just gone. Yeah. But her thinking that the letter coincides with him being at her door, again, is this magical thinking, which I think, I know, again, it's a movie, but the signs kind of stuff that happens throughout the movie it could be very damaging yes and eventually they decide let's just be friends
1: yes i think that if they pulled back on the harry Connick jr and upped her sister's role a bit more to be more of the person she's like playing off of i think it would have been better
0: supposedly the movie goes into more of how jerry's death impacts the friends yeah and the family which would be interesting obviously to flesh out these characters yeah Ultimately, this movie becomes a story about her and her mom trying to heal together. Yeah. And they decide to go to Ireland. She decides to take her mom to Ireland and kind of revive her mother who mm-hmm. hasn't left. Yes. And then she meets Billy's dad. Yeah. Her name's Patty and his name's Pat. Right. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. This is my mom, Patricia. This is Pat. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So it leaves on this really hopeful note. But if this movie had been written in the 90s, she would have ended up with someone a thousand percent. Yes. the suggestion that she doesn't but the door is open to yes. is i think for the time maybe why it was unfulfilling for some people to be like oh whatever no i was happy with it you were
1: yeah i honestly if if you removed harry Kong jr and you removed the sex i think the movie still plays beautifully and then i like that like she literally sees billy again when she goes back to ireland and then she just turns around and walks away with her mom because that's the that's the important relationship in the movie.
0: Yeah. That's and how they set it up. I wish sometimes these movie producers and writers and directors understood, I think, what I think Bridgerton and some of these Austinian romances have gotten is it's the slow... We just want the suggestion mm-hmm. of romance mm-hmm. that could come. We don't want her hooking up with a guy, you know, a sloppy little hookup with her... her dead husband's friends like we want the tease of romance Mm -hmm. and essentially a story about just the woman becoming a better version of herself or not even better but a deeper understanding of herself and the people around her yeah i could have done without this pressure on her to move on with daniel harry kaltnick jr Mm -hmm. and with billy Leave the door open for Billy. Love that. But just make it more about Jerry and her Mm -hmm. instead of everyone trying to force her to move on, including Jerry. I know. Those are my thoughts about that. Yeah,
1: Jerry pretty much was like, this is the last letter and now you're done
0: grieving. And she said, I don't feel him here anymore. Yeah. Which... I think people have felt that. I mean, we're supposed to believe it's been like almost a year. So her routine now is not focused on him anymore or mm-hmm. even when he was sick. So that was a very sad like, line that she gave to Harry Connick Jr. too. Holly brings her mom to... This is my note. Holly brings her mom to Ireland and it basically alluded to the fact that everyone is going to be fucking in Ireland. <laughs> That's what I am. Just wear your cable sweaters and hold hands. That's all I want in movies. That's true. Hold hands and a sweater. Recasting. If we're doing reboot or even a recast, who are you picking?
1: I didn't even really think about it because I actually really love the casting. Because I think Hilary Swank did a good job of doing younger version and older version. I don't know. And I liked her in it. I couldn't think of anyone that like, obviously there's the, the usuals. Like Sandra Bullock would
0: have been great. A lot of people would have been great, but I liked her. Mm-hmm. And you can never replace Jar Butler. <laughs> no, mother. I would keep him. Mm-hmm. I thought he was great. Again, I think if I was rewriting it now, I'd probably say Paul Meskel. And I wrote Shailene Woodley. No. I, Pass. I love Shailene Woodley. No. Nope. Pound for pound, she's a great crier. Fantastic crier. No, thank you. Well, this is my movie that I'm repassing. <laughs> and for the time, I also said if she wasn't supposed to be 29, mm-hmm. I could have seen Renee Zellweger. Oh, well, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. I like the casting because uh, I think
1: it's unexpected. It you, is unexpected, but for me, it just doesn't. If like slap. You, if you just heard Hilary Swank and Gerard Butler are dating, you'd be like, "What?" It's very Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Kylie Jenner. It is not a,
0: a normal duo, but I think it works. I just don't think that she had the comedy chops for the comedic parts that they tried to put in. Great at, she's great at grief. Yes. But I don't think she had the comedy chops. And I wasn't alone in thinking that this movie was not what great. Was, yeah. Would you like the Rotten Tomato score? I don't trust it, but sure. Twenty five percent. That doesn't make any sense. But it does, though. That doesn't make any sense. Most of the criticisms were about the inclusion of Hillary in the cast. Really? Well, people said it was like Too trying hard to make you cry. Mm -hmm. And it was disjointed with the emotion and the comedy that they tried to put in and that her performance was out of place, which I completely agree with.
1: Wow. You think though it's because when you see a movie when you're young and it just hits the right part of your brain that like I could never... Detach it from. This is a movie that, like, like literally, I was in the car yesterday playing my my playlist that just plays whatever things I like, and it played. If I ever live leave this world alive, like third on the list. Yeah, absolutely. It, it affected like that's the music I was listening to. I loved her clothes. You know how many times I tried to put a ribbon around a fucking boot and think I was a, a designer. Do you know the there's a dresser in their room that I painted my dresser to look like, and
0: there's matching curtains you gave me such a hard time with leap year though like no no wonder you were like almost getting your period maybe we should re-record because <laughs> you were so mean so when but it ended jeff went way better than leap year oh my god way better than leap year it's not at all better than leap year whatsoever absolutely but better. there is like you like it is it it's a comfort watch for a reason it's not critical acclaim it's whatever you need in that time that's true that's um, true. Box office wise, the budget for this movie was $30 million US. Mm-hmm. It pulled 156 million worldwide. Man. I think I saw it in theaters and I loved it.
1: I loved it. And we know. I, I don't know. I can't imagine anyone walked out of it and thought, Meh. I remember though, really thinking at first, Hillary Swank, what the fuck. And it actually took me a half an hour into the movie to accept that that's what was happening because she was not the rom-com person at the time she's and she's still not baby i love million dollar baby
0: it wasn't it Makushla and she's still not but (laughs) i'm glad that we watched this movie because it's i mean it's it's pizza right it's never gonna be (laughs) like you're still eating pizza it's even if it's bad you're still eating pizza i'll still i'll watch it probably
1: a year from now again like it is it is one of my go-tos especially when i'm sick I think I like movies that take place over a long period of time because I somehow don't remember the sequence of events, which is why I like the Sex and the City movie, because it also takes place over a long period of time. Anything that happens in like a two day span, I'm like, eh, irrelevant. I like the movies that I don't know, I I think I forget them. That's why they're my comfort watches. So I'm like, that'd be a good romp. I haven't seen that. I don't remember it.
0: And I clearly like love at first sight or love at Yeah. First, hire. You're like, I want people to
1: get married in a week. Yeah, and I like this like slower burn. And in reality,
0: we are the (laughs) inverse. Yeah, we always want what you can't have. Yeah, (laughs) we didn't do our comfort wrecks. We didn't do them. We should do them now. Okay, it's time for our recommendations of the week. Every week we give recommendations to our listeners of things that we're loving things that we're doing that we feel are beneficial to our mental health keeping in line with the cozy comfy theme of our podcast Chrissy what are you loving this week so I don't know if you know this about me but I'm addicted to TikTok (laughs)
1: like I mm, I can't I definitely can't look at like my watch time on it I'll be so embarrassed but like when I wake up in the morning I need like an hour of TikTok decompression time I have trouble working because I'm like, I'm just going to check the TikTok real quick. And you're literally chasing that serotonin every time you swipe hoping it's like something good. And there's been two people I've been loving on TikTok this past week. Um, Both I've seen like around and then all of a sudden now my feed is just basically just them. One is, so she's a jewelry designer, specifically earrings. Her name is Liz Fox Roseberry. Have you heard of her? No. So she, her brother is... I don't know what it's called, like the artistic director or the designer or something at Scaparelli. What's it called when you're the person who runs the the line? Artistic director. Yeah. So she was she kind of shot to like fame, but people didn't know who she was because she was the Scaparelli bride. Have you ever heard of this? No. So he designed her dress and she had this like really cool like thing that went in front of her eyes that had like little beads dripping down and people now when they see her, she still gets comments on it like, oh my God, you're the bride. Because apparently it was a, a pop culture moment that I did miss, but I know about it because she's mentioned it. So what's funny is she lives in Texas and she, in her garage, makes earrings out of wire. But they're like, she has this thing where she doesn't care if she's te- she teaches you how to do it. She sells them. But she teaches you, she tells you what tools she uses, all of her tips. Um, No gatekeeping. No gatekeeping. And I love that. Like, I want to buy stuff from her. Her stuff's, it's a little, it's not that it's, it's like a little pricey for someone who buys their jewelry at Arden's, like I do or Arden or whatever people call it. So a, a set of earrings is more like 60 bucks, whereas I usually pay like eight. $8. (laughs) I thought you were going to say like $200. No, no. They're, they're literally made of wire. Like it's, it's, they're not high end in that way, but they are, They're like works of art. They're very beautiful. And she's so enthusiastic and I love her style and her hair. And I don't know. I just like watching her videos. She posts them a lot and she'll literally teach you like, this is how I make this style. And this is why I use this type of hammer. I don't know. She's great. I highly recommend checking her out. She's very good for like turn off your brain. Her voice is nice. It's calm and she teaches you how to make earrings. I don't know. It's really cute. And then the other one is something that I wanted to do something like I've been doing, but I, it also involves a TikToker. So there's a TikToker. She's actually Selena Gomez's makeup artist. Have you seen her? No. Okay. So her name is, uh, Melissa Murdoch and she, she's Selena Gomez's makeup artist, but, um, she's not a celebrity and she's not like, she doesn't have like At least as far as I can tell, she's not like fillered or altered in any way. She looks like a regular human being and she teaches you how to do makeup. And I think she's in her 30s or early 30s. And she teaches you how to do things that like for common things that I didn't know. So like my concealer always creases and she teaches you how to make it not crease, but not like the old makeup YouTube days where they'd be like covered in powder and bake. She goes, use a brush instead of a sponge. If you use a brush, it does this. If you use your fingers, this will happen. She teaches you how to contour, but she'll go, just put a little bit in like this one spot and it'll make so much bigger of a difference. You don't have to worry about like, if you're good at blending. I don't know. It's very like Is she DIY. only using
0: Rare Beauty? Nope. She,
1: and she'll tell, she'll do high low. She'll go, I love shadow sticks. This is Rare Beauty's, this is Color Pops. And she'll everything is about doing makeup very simply for people who have like more not more mature skin, but I don't know. It's just very like I'm. I'm from the days of Tati and and even James Charles and the you know the beating your face to filth. And this this is the one of the first people I've seen like just be like you don't even have to put foundation on. <laughs> yeah, and I really like it. So I highly recommend if you need like makeup tips. Because you're kind of just done with this whole over-the-top Kardashian look. She's great. I know Selena Gomez. I don't know. I guess she looks somewhat natural a lot of the times.
0: Yeah, I think the, the rare beauty thing is we're not reinventing the wheel on your face. No. We're just enhancing what you have.
1: Yes, and she's very much like that. And it's a much more approachable guide
0: to makeup, which
1: i love that I like i need now that like my skin's changing and i don't know what products to use
0: i love this era of no gatekeeping yeah because i feel like exactly I there thought... was this uh, there's always this idea with women that there's only room for one yes. and if i tell you all of my secrets then and i think this applies not even to just like creators but people and in in, at work like yeah. i'm irreplaceable i can't tell you all of my tricks Yeah. But I love this. Yeah, I guess there was a theme amongst mine. Women sharing info.
1: Because what does it matter if my concealer looks good, if your concealer looks good, you know? I have a bit
0: of a different (laughs) rack. So I, keeping with my podcast love, basically as soon as I wake up, I put on a podcast. Yes. I need, I think this is some form of ADHD or whatever. I saw TikTok of it. I can't be alone with my own thoughts. If I even walk out of the room a podcast goes on. Really? I just need it and I feel like because I have such small windows of time to do anything for myself, even if I'm just unloading the dishwasher I have a podcast on. Yeah. So one of the podcasts that I listened to the other day when I was stuck for 4 hours in traffic mm-hmm. is called The Girlfriends and it's on iHeart True Crime and it's a true story of these women who dated this is not spoiler alert or anything like that. They dated this man in the 90s who was a doctor who killed his wife, killed his first wife. Mm -hmm. And he's a very charismatic, wealthy doctor. And these women bond because they all live in a small community and dated the same guy. And they find out that he has a missing wife. So they create this kind of Nancy Drew kind of group where they just meet, talk him, not knowing that Across the country, her family is actually trying to get this investigation going. Yeah. So it's hosted by one of the women who was his ex-girlfriend. And it's just a really interesting story because she is in it. And she's so honest about how at some point she it was making light of this woman's potential murder. They mm-hmm. just thought she had disappeared. And how she's sorry about that and how scary it is and the signs of abuse that she kind of ignored for herself. I will warn you, there are a lot of ads. There are a lot of ads in this podcast, but, you know, just push through them. Um, they're <laughs> worth it. The episode seven just came out uh, as I'm recording this in on August 14th, so it should be done by mm-hmm. now. The other person who I'm going to recommend is another YouTuber. Have I said Sasha Polari yet? I don't think so. So Sasha Polari is... A everybody who I listen to is from, is from or and watches from the UK. She's an influencer in the UK who really shot to fame because she had this viral movement called Filter Drop, where she just basically said, "Stop putting filters on your pictures. Mm-hmm. Show yourself as you really are." I've been following her for about a year, and when I first came to her, she was going, she was getting married, and she just announced that she's separating after being ten years, with him for ten years. Mm. So this whole, all of her vlogs, which are 30 minutes long, which I love a long vlog. I hate to, if I see something and it says 13 minutes, I'm like, I have to find more content in 13 minutes? Yeah. G- give me a 59 minute vlog. I'm fine with that. So she just moved in with her best friend and she's kind of just navigating life on her own again and very candid about her trying to figure out why she left her and why, what she's looking for. And she's just a really good person to watch if I you like a new vlog Thank if you, you need another person no, this is a good, good recommendation i yeah. need something she does a lot of fashion hauls and i think one of her biggest hits were fashion hauls from like mango skims h&m zara mm-hmm. on a, a mid size body mid-size being like I, th- I don't know uk conversions like size 16 yeah so whatever that's like a 14 12 or something in u.s sizes she's a great watch so the girlfriends and sasha Polari. That is someone who you should watch. And as always, we will have these recommendations tagged and highlighted in our Instagram stories. So you can follow us at Comfort Watch Podcast on TikTok and Instagram for more. Mm -hmm. Okay, Keeks, let everyone know the movie that we're watching next week. I want you to do it because you have a good ass it. Okay, (laughs) y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. We're watching Sweet Home Alabama yes we are that's amazing but before we go we have to say our comfort rating for PSA love you oh my god bless your heart with this movie <laughs> it wasn't terrible but it was not the right fit cast wise so i'm going to give it four and a half ribbons on shoes out of ten yeah, I'm literally in the high nines. <laughs> I
1: be mean, like okay. I'll be realistic. Could this movie mean so much to me? So, it means so much to me. I'm gonna give it nine point two male bracelets out of ten. I mean, there
0: were a lot of bracelet work. A lot of bracelets, leather leather strap bracelets out of ten. There, I wish I could just honestly like go back and fix something and be like. Get rid of this. You have the jewelry. Yeah, maybe not her in this role, Mm -hmm. even though she grieves so well. I don't know. Okay. You know what it is? (laughs) I was thinking about this too. A lot of the times, it's the like, okay, and you know how it's not bad until you notice it in a movie. What? I didn't like anything aesthetically of like her apartment, her clothes. Like, I almost didn't like the set design oh. versus the hominess that you get from, like, a runaway bride. You're just like a different feeling. I felt like was opposite. Or a polishedness of, like, Devil Wars Prada that you don't get in this New York movie. I coveted that apartment. I wish they had met- made it just an Ireland movie. Mm. It was just an Ireland book. Yeah. yeah. Don't stray too far from the source material. What about her dog's money who pays those bills? (laughs) (laughs) Not her dead granddad's money. (laughs) Anyway, that's it. So be sure to like us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a review. Five-star reviews mean so much. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And as always, be sure to stay comfy. And stay cozy. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs>